You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is my conversation with a hip-hop artist from the very far north of Queensland. His name is Vexed. The reason for the conversation was to promote his then-new in-market EP called A Fact of Life. Let's see what Vexed has to say. Here we go. Welcome to the show, mate. You are an artist forging hip-hop from the far north of Queensland, and I'm probably one of the few people listening who will know exactly where you're from because I've been there as a part of my previous role at Telstra. You hail from Cooktown, which yeah, is... Yeah, right on. <laughs> mate, you hail from Cooktown, which is a few hundred kilometres north of Cairns, for those who don't know. But yep. y- you do have a superb in-market release, an EP called Fact of Life. I especially enjoy the cut Forge Your Resume, but the EP is far more than just that excellent single track. What inspired you to create Effective Life? Uh, probably just a lot of personal experiences and, um, yeah, just my love for music in general, you know. Just every time i got a spare minute, I find myself just writing down on a pad. So, yeah, that was it. Just my love for it. No, I believe you relocated to Cairns, so correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have, it, it makes a lot of sense. So, because that brings you closer to a community of musicians and artists. So, because I've spent so much time in Cairns myself, do you spend much time in Edge Hill cafes and some of the nice art galleries there formulating ideas with collaborators? And can you describe the hip-hop and urban music scene in Cairns? Um, yeah, I'm starting to spend a bit more time with other musicians and sort of trying to branch out just to get that, um, you know, just that extra creativity going on. So, yeah. I'm starting to work with a band when I do live gigs. I'm actually at a gig right now. I'm a cool sales world gone mad. So we're just basically taking my old songs that I've done and flipping it with like live instruments and stuff like that as well. So it just adds a whole lot more energy to it. And yeah, there is a, like a really strong music culture going about Cairns. It always has been. And yeah, it's just awesome to see it keep thriving after generation after generation. So I'm happy I can contribute to that in my own way. Yeah, of course, mate. Now, I do get a lot of people listening to the podcast from overseas, okay? So they're going to be quite interested in talking to somebody who comes from what we'd probably describe as a textbook version of Australia because I think in your bio it talks about Cooktown and indeed Cairns being the picturesque, uh, picture, start again, the picturesque equivalent of what many people anticipate Australia will look like. Um, but, mate, on that point, has the environment influenced any of your lyrics and your lyrical flow? A hundred percent, because it was how I grew up. So, you know, and I sort of incorporate a lot of my personal experiences into my music. So, yeah, definitely the environment around me has a major part in the music that I write. So you talked a bit earlier about live performance. You've got a band around you now. When you were writing the tracks, did you have a band in mind? Uh, no, I certainly didn't. It was... Um, sort of something I just decided to try and branch out and do just to add some, like, extra energy to my live performances. Because I was just, yeah, didn't have a DJ at the time, so I tried to branch out and, you know, find, because there was a lot of people that could play instruments getting around cans, and then it turns out I got a DJ as well. So now we've got the whole package, and, yeah, we rock out when we do it. So do you get an opportunity to perform in uh, some of the, the tourist pubs up there? I think it's Irish Murphy's or O'Malley's, for example. Um, I haven't performed at those ones, but, um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing all the gigs we can get around local bars and camps. Can you name some of the bands? Because, oh, look, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm curious because I've spent so much time in Cairns with my job at Telstra and I've spent a lot of some time... Some of the bars? Yeah, yeah, some of the bars and clubs that are actually uh, allowing you to perform and the stages you're performing on. 
Um, personally, I've performed at like venues all around Cairns. I've been doing it for a long time. But with the band, we're sort of always doing gigs at this um, bar called Alexa Tapas Bar. Mm-hmm. And they're just like the main music hub in Cairns at the moment, trying to just push like live original music. So that's really cool that they're doing that. And yeah, there's another place around... Um, I think it was a great northern hotel they like to put us on here and there yeah cool. so that was cool yep. yep do you enjoy the live performance aspect of it is that something that that really allows you to showcase what you're putting on a record definitely i think that's probably 75 percent of why i like to make music just to get that feedback and that that vibe when you're in the moment and it's just happening and yeah with all those instruments actually like creating it so it's all happening at one time you know it's just something special yeah cool your lyrical subject matter now we've already spoken about the beautiful far north of queensland but where else do you draw inspiration from um probably a lot of social issues and stuff like that i'm starting to sort of branch out and go a bit more that way as i get older i think my music's starting to mature a bit so yeah sort of things like that that i feel like you know, subjects that kind of need to be spoken on. I know everything's been done before, but I like to just grab a subject and put my own twist on it and just say what I've got to say about it. And, yeah, if people like it, then that's awesome. Iggy Azalea and some other white hip-hop artists in the States have copped a fair bit of ribbing or a bit of slack from elements in the media and online about appropriating North American black culture. Aussie hip-hop, on the other hand, has evolved with its own flair and flavour, and it is uniquely and identifiably Australian. Do you feel, or have you ever felt an obligation to lean into some of the more prominent subject matters that hip-hop addresses, such as discrimination and activism? Yeah, definitely. That's sort of, um, yeah, lately that's the sort of stuff that's actually inspiring me to write, like, I know there's a lot of things about equality happening at the moment, and yeah, and everywhere I go, I hear people debating about it, and I find myself writing songs about things that I hear people constantly debating about, mm-hmm. and not necessarily always just from my own views. But lately, I've been writing songs where it sort of comes from like everybody's perspectives around me. And I'm trying to construct that in a way that you know can sort of like do that exactly, like reflect the views of other people rather than just myself. Mm-hmm. and then at the end I sort of put a twist on it to sort of like make some sort of conclusion. I'm going to university at the moment and studying social work and I'm learning how to write theses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So lately I've just been finding all the songs I write, I'm sort of writing like a thesis, you know, like it's got all the um, like the introduction and then the verses are like the body paragraphs and stuff like yeah, that cool. and I make sure yeah. they're all staying on point and reflecting back to what the actual subject is about. So yeah, I think that's, as far as evolving as an artist or a rapper, I think that's the most important thing. It's not about how much you can rhyme and how technical you can be with all the syllables and stuff. I think it's more about learning about saying something that's actually important and going to be timeless, you know. Look, I will ask you this question because you are an informed bloke at the end of the day and you know a lot more about hip-hop and rap than what I ever will. Q-Tip famously tweeted a very long message to Iggy Azalea extolling to her, to asking her to recognise the history of hip-hop. What do you think about some of the um, the vanguard of hip-hop reaching out to some of the newer people, particularly because some of the newer people coming up these days are, are white? And I know Eminem's been around for a long time, but do, a, Q-tip, a Q-tip, is it appropriate for them to be reaching out to people and saying, hang on a sec, there is a message here, we want you to adopt some of this message here? Or as I've already alluded to, I think Aussie hip-hop, we, we've got our own social issues here, and a lot of the Aussie hip-hop bands 
we're not talking about North American issues, we're talking about Australian issues. Yeah, 100%. I totally support that sort of thing. Like People like Iggy Azawa definitely have to be, you know, you know, educated because they're just coming up out of nowhere and just talking absolute shit and sort of making hip-hop look fucking terrible. Excuse mm. my language. So the fact that a legend like Q-Tip would actually reach out and tell her to pull her head in, so to speak, that's awesome. So, mate, what inspired you to create hip-hop as opposed to doing what so many other kids did back in the day, myself included, which is pick up a guitar or a bass and focus on rock and metal? What drew you to hip-hop? I guess... Um, I don't know, we were just living in Cooktown, there wasn't a lot happening, and yeah, we started hearing like all the greats, you know, uh, my first artist that I really clicked with was Tupac, and then obviously like Eminem, you know, Dr. Dre, all those sort of people, and we clicked and just started rapping at house parties, and I guess it's just, you know, the same old story from what most rappers my age sort of come up doing. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Cooktown, because as I say, most people won't know where it is, and especially most of the people listening will be from, from overseas. In your own words, how would you describe Cooktown? Um, it's a very small community, and yeah, there wasn't a lot of um, wasn't a lot of opportunities in one sense, but in another sense, there was a lot of opportunities that other people didn't get to have as a kid growing up. You know, there was a lot of freedom, and you could just sort of branch out, go to the creeks, go to the beach, and everything was sort of in walking distance. So. That alone, you just grab a crew together and, yeah, you didn't have parents constantly watching over you, so you had to learn a lot yourself. It was awesome. Yeah, look, as I say, I've spent time there and in Rossville. Yeah, I do encourage anybody who's listening, if you get up to uh, Cairns, to discover the Daintree and towns like Rossville and, and Cooktown and the like, because in a lot of ways they are real Australia, really, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, no, Rossville was excellent. That was the place I always used to go to and do the swimming thing when it was flooding and stuff like that, so, yeah. For sure. Mate, let's talk about the challenges in promoting your excellent music, particularly, you know, I know you've probably done other things, but I've been given your EP by um, the gent who's put me in contact with you. Sorry, I've forgotten his name. I'll put it in after the fact. Um, but what are, the <laughs> what are the challenges in promoting your excellent music? Because, look, I was making dinner before. I've got two young girls, uh, two and a half and four age, and we're putting it on. They're grooving to it. I'm grooving to it. And I'm not a bloke who typically listens to hip-hop, but I did enjoy your music. I do enjoy your music, I should say. How do you cut through the noise online and promote yourself as an artist? Um, at the moment, I'm still trying to learn that, to be honest. That's kind of um, my biggest thing. I really suck at marketing myself. But, you know, I'm just doing like everybody else is. I'm trying to get a online following and doing all I can to push that. And, and yeah, like I don't have a manager or a record label or anything like that backing me at the moment. So... I don't know, you know, you got any ideas how I can push myself? I'm all this. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's everything I can. Look, I'm from the Sunshine Coast and I think a lot about it because, you know, I'm, I'm in touch with a lot of musicians that are actually trying to do it and have a really good quality music to share with people, as you do too, mate. I've got to, got to tell you that. How, how you cut through all the bullshit. Um, totally different genre, but I was talking to Chris Broderick, uh, who was in Megadeth and who's now got his own band called Act of Defiance. Now, They've got an excellent in-market release at the moment, and um, they've only got 25,000 uh, Facebook followers, which in the US sense, that equ equates to about 250 in Australia. So, um, yeah. mate, I've got about 100 Facebook followers myself, but I get a lot more engagement by people just listening to the podcast and also in the, in, in the radio show that I've got. So Facebook isn't yeah, everything, awesome. you know what I mean? Facebook isn't everything. It's just... Yeah, I, yeah I 100% agree with that. Like, I've 
seen artists that have, you know, thousands and thousands of likes, but then you go to their gig and there's, you know, five to ten people rocking up. So to me, the whole social presence isn't that important, but everyone keeps telling me it is. So I'm just, you know, just trying to build all avenues up and, yeah, just get my music out as much as I can. Not that However, I'd, I can. And, and, <laughs> no, you're, you're right, mate. Not that I'd ever encourage anybody to leave somewhere like Cairns or the Sunshine Coast because they're, go, they're both bloody God's paradise on earth, really, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, do you, do you feel pressure to move to, to even Brisbane or Sydney or Melbourne? Yeah, I do, man, for sure. It's always in the back of my mind. Like, that's what everyone keeps saying. Um, you know, Melbourne's the music hub of Australia. Yeah. you got to go down there and get more opportunities and all that sort of stuff. And I'm definitely considering it, but, um, yeah, it's not at this stage. Mate, do you uh, look at the, the forward question here, but are you married or got kids or anything? No, I'm not, mate. No, well, you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky in the perspective. <laughs> at least you've got nothing tying you to any one place, mate, and you can take your wonderful art where you need to go. And, look, look I mainly interview rock, metal, and um, hardcore guys and punk punk people. Um, yeah. And um, in my travels as a young musician... I spoke to Bob Daisley, who was the um, bloke who played bass. He's from Sydney, actually. He's Australian. But not many people know that. Um, but he wrote Ozzy Osbourne's music, all of the solo stuff, through the 80s and through the 90s. And when, as a young fella in the early 2000s, I reached out to him for bass guitar lessons because, you know, who better to take bass guitar lessons from than someone that's actually done it? And he said, no, no, what I, I won't do that because I don't have the time, but what I will do is give you some mentorship. One of the first things he said was move to Los Angeles, New York, or London, or, or words to the effect. And I didn't have the, yeah. the the emotional maturity at the time to probably. I understood what he was saying, but I couldn't do it at the time. I didn't know, you know. I mean, I mean, you, it's it's an enormous move to move across the Pacific or to move across the entire world effectively to go to London. Um, but I think with, in this day and age, and I've spoken to a number of Australian artists about this. I don't think that there is the pressure to need to relocate like there used to be because of social media. But in saying that, to, yeah, to, right. to our point earlier, mate, I don't think Facebook's the be all and end all. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll make sure your music gets played on on four triple Z and and the like. But you know, I mean, I think awesome. what I what I think it is, it's just a case of doing this because you love it anyway, and just being in it for as long yeah. as it takes. That's what I genuinely yeah, believe right. at this point in time. What's the old saying? If you hang around the barbershop long enough, you'll get a haircut. So, yeah. <laughs> Haven't heard that one. That's a nice one, though. That's a good one, mate. Yeah. No, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. So, so, no, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, and, and, and what's, been, what's been your biggest challenge? You know, I mean, you've come from Cooktown. You've moved to Cairns. You're now enrolled in university. Is it is it a case of when I say challenges? I mean, you've got to put food on the table, so to speak. So you've also got to live, mate. So what's been the biggest challenge for you to maintain your art? Yeah, that's probably exactly it. Um, you know, I've been independent, like 100% independent. It's all about funding. And I make a lot of the beats myself, but, you know, every so often you want to get a really good beat and you hear something that you just click with. So you got to fork out, you know, all the money to get that. And then you got to pay for the mastering and, and you got to pay for the artwork, and hmm. you know if you want a film clip, you got to pay for that. So it's all about just funding it yourself, and that's been the biggest struggle for me. That's why it's taken so long to sort of in between projects just get it out because uh, you just got to keep saving up that cash and try to live at the same time. You know, so that's yeah definitely the biggest struggle. What does success look like for you then? So if you could obtain any success you want, I mean, is it is it um, you know um, I'm trying to find the right words here, bloody. Um... Is it immortality? 
you know what I mean? Is, is it that big? I, I typically say the rock star thing because I'm usually interviewing rock people, but, you know, I'm interviewing somebody in the hip-hop scene here, but is it the Tupac-style immortality or is it a bit more, say, closer to home? Oh, I think, I think, you know, for every artist, that's obviously what you want. But I don't know, everyone's got their own definition of success and it's all about stepping stones to get there. And, like, um, I don't know, it probably sounds like I'm just talking shit, but for me, like, I had this goal to get this EP out, you know, and sort of do it on my own, and I've done that. So, you know, I succeeded in that sense. And mm-hmm. so now you look for the next goal and then the next goal and then the next goal, and it sort of just grows. And I think that's what anyone who actually achieved the term immortality, as you say, would have mm-hmm. just been doing. They never would have just woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a god, and that was it. Like, you got to have a plan to get there sort of thing. So, yeah, it's just one step at a time, and... At the moment, it was just get the EP out. Now it's, you know, try to branch it out to as many people as I can. And I've got, like, my own little secret sort of um, goals in mind as far as, like, getting the EP reached out. But, yeah, I'm slowly ticking them off. All right, well, that's pretty much the end of the interview. I'll I'll hand it over to you, mate. How can people find you and how can people listen to your music? Uh, Look me up on pretty much all the social network platforms, mainly Facebook, actually. I don't really stuff around with Twitter and all that sort of shit but yeah it's hooked me up on Facebook it's Vexed um, and I'm on SoundCloud as well Triple J on Earth you can check me out there and yeah and um, if you want to grab my EP if you like what you're hearing then just look me up on iTunes Spotify all that sort of stuff yeah, I can I can uh, confirm that uh, as a person who uh, typically doesn't listen to rap and hip hop, mate, you have a, a wonderful in market release, effective life. I simply wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. Uh, you got a pretty good album cover there Thank too, you. mate. What's the What's the album cover about? It looks like a picture of yourself, age three or four. Yeah, no, I think I was more like probably twelve months old. Oh, twelve months. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually my idea at the moment. I still, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's just. Um, just a baby photo and like in the actual album artwork as well i've just sort of got like i had to you know like i said i funded it myself so i was trying to find the most simple the most effective way that i could actually put out the artwork so yeah i just got baby photos and all that sort of stuff and yeah it come out pretty cool yeah it's very effective mate well done on that and uh mate well done on representing Kansas. my name is andrew mckay smith and i host scars and guitars the podcast series that was my conversation with the hip-hop artist from the very far north of queensland His name, Vexed. Thank you so much for listening.